0: Homemakers, our show is made possible by a few carefully selected advertisers and because of our Patreon friends. If you haven't yet, we invite you to show your love for the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. There, you will receive downloads to both of our cookbooks, exclusive access to snippets of the Homemaker Chic book as it's being written, and a private invitation at the end of every season to join us for our live fangirl party call. You can be a part of Homemaker Chic and show your support for the show by visiting patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. That's Patreon, P A T R E O N.com. Forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. And now let's rock this show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast, episode two of season 12. We have been with you here for many, many episodes. Uh, I am the host of Homemaker Chic, Shay Elliott of the blog The Elliot Homestead, and I am joined by my co-host, Angela Reed, of the blog Parisian Farm Girl. Hello. <laughs>
0: Hello. Which I self-sabotaged this morning. I clicked the wrong thing and suddenly all the backgrounds to all my blog posts ever written were like dark, 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 dark blue. (laughs) And so you couldn't read anything. I I don't know what I did and I had to like panic and email my guy and say, can you please help me like right now? Because this is a problem. That I created, and now you need to bail me out. <laughs> you need out. to
1: fix it. You know, I was actually... You need to I fix was thinking it. about this yesterday. So Angela has been blogging for 17 years. Ever. Um, I've yeah. been blogging for 12. And in that time, this is how rapidly our times are moving. If you ever had like feel like your head is going to just spin right off, in the course of my blogging career, so even five years shorter than Angela's, um, I have seen blogging... Really come into its own, become like a kind of a common word. People knew what it meant. It became everything and then it became nothing. And now it's actually Mm -hmm. coming back again. (laughs) It's really weird.
0: It's, I wonder, what is that? Because people, first they were just, they just weren't reading it. And we were like, well, fine, then I'll just spend two minutes on Instagram because, you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody's it's no fun to spend four hours writing something and editing photographs and searching keywords and have like four people see it. Mm-hmm. But now the feedback is, I'm so glad you're blogging mm-hmm. again.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. Culturally, what do you? I don't know. I think. What is that? I think we've just maybe had our fill of fast food and we want something more. Hmm. And you can go to somewhere like Instagram and you can eat to your heart's content and yet somehow you're never quite satiated. (laughs) That's not the right word. Yes, Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, My Mm -hmm. head's, I have a head cold, you guys, which is why I sound like a Smurf. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. I think I, I think it's just people (laughs) want, they want more than that. And I, for one, am really, 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 really glad that it's coming back. And I mean, we never stopped blogging, but um, we're kind of throwing ourselves into it in in a new way, and it feels very, very familiar and comfortable and good. And I want to hang out, even if there's five people there at this point. I want to hang out with those people, so I'm all about it. Yeah. Right. Anyway, this right. is the yeah, this is the blog, or this is the podcast, rather. This is, is a podcast. podcast. Okay, so,
0: you know, it went from, like, blogging where family would be like, what's yeah, a
1: blog? You do what for you know? a living?
0: And we're still in the what's a podcast mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. That'll mm-hmm. be crazy when that's yeah. done.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so if you're new here, welcome. We started this podcast over two years ago, the week that the world shut down for COVID. Didn't see that coming. Um, Kind of navigated some pretty heavy and shifty waters these last couple of years. But we're so, so grateful to highlight the art of homemaking, which is what we try to do here on the podcast. We try Mm -hmm. to help other homemakers know that this has value. Your work here is good and true and beautiful. And we see you and other people all around the world see you. And even if you feel alone, like you are in the trenches and you're never going to get out, um, you will. And we see you. And we're here to encourage you to be part of your community. That's the entire point. Yes, and that it can be beautiful. Oh, and yeah.
0: and to just acknowledge if you feel like it sucks, it's because it does. It's very difficult. It's a hard job. It has beautiful mm-hmm. moments throughout the day. But it is challenging. It can be beautiful. It's not all hot mess. That's something you're going to hear a lot on this show is that we're just trying to – Really um dispel this myth that you have to be a hot mess and that being a hot mess is appropriate and chic because it's not. But it mm-hmm. happens to all of us. Like right now, well, uh, your internet connection is unstable. That makes me feel like a hot mess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you hear anything I, I did? Said? No, I did. I <laughs> uh <laughs> you looked a little like uh. Well, you did get glitchy, but Stu hardwired me and I'm I'm like going back to like nineteen ninety four with like <laughs> I'm hardwired. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Angela and I are 2,000 miles apart as much as we would love to record this podcast together in the flesh. Not going to happen every day. Uh, So we just both hop on our computers. We put our 10 children behind the doors and they're not allowed in while we record. And this season is fun. So this is season 12. And this season is all about answering your specific questions. We're calling it Questioning Your Summer we're doing it, we're switching it up a little bit. Instead of doing our normal two episodes a week, we're doing a one bigger episode once a week so that we can spend plenty of time in the lakes and in the garden and enjoying time with our kids as well, because this is our break from homeschooling as well. Um, and so, but we still want to be here with you and we still want to meet your needs. And a lot of those needs are questions. Some of them are easy. Some of them are really, really hard. Um, some of them could be probably an entire Mm -hmm. season of content, but the fun part is, is it's interactive. Yes. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should at Homemaker Chic Podcast, and then you can just DM us your questions for the next 10 weeks. It's all about your questions. Yeah. So if you have one that you feel like you need us to address, follow us over on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast and send us a DM over there. That's how we'll get them. That would be great. That would be great.
0: <sighs> that would be great. <laughs> it actually feels really good to sit down. I've been um, going full throttle today, and I can't. I that's actually feels like a luxury. <laughs> I kind of I'm, I'm ready to like jump up and do the next thing. It's very. Yes. This feels very yes. strange. You know, I'm having one of those days where you're like, da, 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 ha, da, and, like you're just like jumping all over and giving everything your your uh, attention, but it's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a coordinated effort today. My kids are hustling. We're uh, mm-hmm. making it happen. What so. are you
1: guys working on? What, what's what's the hustle all about?
0: Uh, we've got we've got a new appliance coming. We have a birthday. I'm headed out of town, and you know it's we had record high temps with our whole six inches of topsoil above the bedrock, so we're still just making the rounds with the sprinkler and trying to mm-hmm. keep it alive. Mm-hmm. I went in my greenhouse this morning. Whoops. Mm-hmm.
1: Your skin melt off. <laughs> Things were a little thirsty. Things cook about a thousand times faster in a greenhouse.
0: Well, and I have my cukes in hanging baskets. So they don't really have a lot of forgiveness. Mm-mm. They need Mm-mm. me.
1: Yeah. No, I have a solid three months where I actually don't go into my greenhouse at all because my, my skin would just literally slide off my body. <laughs> Nothing could live in there. Yeah. You know. It's just, it gets way too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fun, though. That's fun. I like those days. I sat down with a coffee. Again, go, go, go. Like, I'm up at 5 a.m. making sourdough English muffins. You know, I'm just cranking it out. Right. And I sit down to have a coffee uh-huh. at, like, 1 o'clock. Sit in my Chase lounge, and I kind of lean back and close my eyes, and I can feel, like, my jaw relax. I mean, I know I don't look good at all in this posture. <laughs> <laughs> Drooling. <laughs> I don't I of eventually, like, someone's just gonna find me here dead, and it's gonna be like me. mom's battery finally okay. ran out. She just, she just coffee mug <laughs> hanging on your floor, laid back with her coffee, never to be seen again. Oh, it's good though. It's good, but the dog days of Denver, summer have finally hit us, and it's uh, I always like to wallow in the in the heat, you know, and really soak it up. I know you don't have air conditioning, mm-hmm. but I try to like fight it for as long as you know. possible. I don't like air conditioning. I like to feel the season. So I went to bed last night and it was like 85 yes. in my house and I'm like, I feel it.
0: <laughs> That's fine. That I like heat. We have we have this thing that you don't have called humidity. <laughs> That is a whole Mm -mm. other ball game where your feet are sticking to the floor. Your thighs are rubbing together. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. So we didn't even have like full humidity. I'm not interested in that. 70% didn't matter. No, it's Mm -mm. nasty. It's swampy. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Not interested in that at all. Um, Okay. So we have. So Angela and I did this thing this season because a lot of the questions, I said this on last week's episode, a lot of the questions that we got that came in were like about these things that Angela and I actually do. So believe it or not, we have real jobs. (laughs) We don't just podcast for a living (laughs) as much as we would love to. We wish. Um, And so last week we talked about Angela's Old World Design Society, but this week, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Elliott Homestead Cooking Community. This has been my baby f- Yay. for the last three and a half years. I started this when I was in Italy, literally three and a half years ago, launched it from my little villa bedroom. Um and it's just grown.
0: Yeah, I can see that in yeah. my head. I can see you and Stuart like standing on Instagram yeah. and just blowing things up mm-hmm. and live you went live mm-hmm. and that was incredible. We had
1: it all locked and loaded. I mean, it took a ton of work to get all it. All right, ready we'll to tell go. the people. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Tell okay. the table.
0: Tell the people what it is because um I started last week and then realized it was my week <laughs> for Old yes. World and now this is your week. So Okay, take it I will away.
1: I will try my best. So the Elliott uh, Homestead Cooking Community okay. is a monthly subscription for home cooks for people who want to get better at cooking, learn new skills, maybe push themselves to learn new things in the kitchen if you have no idea where to start with whole food cooking, or cuts of meat, or fermentation, or natural sweeteners, or anything of the sort. So here's how it works. Uh, When I started the community, it was really important to me that people be able to physically hold something in their hands if they so desired. And so we actually have two different monthly subscription services. One of them, um, I actually send you recipe cards in the actual snail mail, old school style. Here, I'll show patrons who are watching. Let me show you just so happens just so, so happens i keep a stash of them in my office um they are they, they're really beautiful and they're wipeable and a lot of people find creative ways to store them in their kitchen so each month i create 5 recipes that are really whole food centered uh real food based from scratch not packaged stuff not pre-done stuff this is just like your normal ingredients you know butter lentils sea salt vegetables um basic cuts of meat those sorts of things so we make th- right and often with a theme mm-hmm. right so you you do fun
0: i things. do do fun what things. do you have
1: planned for this summer okay so um yeah. i'm actually doing my first persian theme which sounds really fancy maybe and like crazy but really approachable i mean these are like ingredients mm-hmm. everybody already has in their cupboard so my right. goal is to always like Let's give people recipes where they don't have to go out and buy a ton of new specialty stuff. Let's pack in the flavor, pack in the herbs, pack in the nourishment, and like the health aspect is obviously a massive aspect of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we curate five recipes every month, and then we do like an hour-long cooking instructional video where I walk through every recipe with you. I show you, we talk about tips and tricks. I literally make it in my kitchen while Stuart's filming. And then we make a video, send it out so that you have some guidance as you're going through them. So it's great for beginners. It's also great for people who are advanced um, as a way to learn new things. So we have a huge range of people in the cooking community. So you'll get the five recipes every month. You get the instructional cooking video every month. And then of course, we have a private online community where all the home cooks come together if this is something that you like to do some people do some people don't you know some people are like I'm fine with my own company in my kitchen which I get mm-hmm. but if you are into it it's a great place to ask questions people share preserving ideas and substitution ideas and we do a big monthly giveaway where people cook recipes and take pictures and share so it's just a real um wonderful place for home cooks to hang out and to learn because ultimately we all have to eat we all have to eat, whether we live by ourselves, whether we're feeding a ton of people, we all have to eat. And so the idea is let's get some good inspiration in there. like Let's want to do this. Let's skill up in the kitchen. And it's been my baby now, like I said, for three and a half years, and I love it. It's just my favorite thing in the world. So uh, you can visit cook.theelliothomestead.com, or we'll have a link in the show notes, of course, if you would like to check that out. Um, And if you join now, then you'll get it in time for the Persian recipes coming up. So that's really exciting. Those are gonna be good. That is exciting. Really good. That sounds really good. yep. Really good. And very relevant Uh, to homemakers, turns out. Turns out homemakers have to do a lot of cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out,
0: shocker. Mm. Uh, We're gonna hit on that with one of our questions today. So um, before that, let's cue our favorite song. And, um, what we have, we're going to cue it or it's playing. Hopefully right now Mm -hmm. it's playing. And then we have a little treat. This is one of our patrons, Tanya, and she is going to tell us what she thinks about Dry Farm Wines.
2: Dry Farm Wines has been a game changer for me. A couple of years ago, I was having some health issues and I really had to take a closer look as to what I was putting in my body. I didn't want to sacrifice my wine though. I love my wine. I live in the Pacific Northwest, surrounded by wineries, but I still think I needed to find something cleaner. And that's where I found Dry Farm. Dry Farm wines are organic, they're biodynamic, no added sugars, no added dyes. I was shocked when I read that most of the wines I was drinking had up to 76 approved additives. No wonder I had toxic overload. I was sold that first bottle of wine that I opened, from the taste, the packaging, the company. I'm glad I went to Dry Farm Wines. I don't think I'll ever drink any other brand again. So here's
1: what we want you to do, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic club. New link, so that you can get two free tumblers with your first Dry Farm order, You've heard me say this before, if you live in a state that doesn't allow the importation of alcohol, should have it shipped to your local liquor store. Go down there, set it up with them. Bada bing, bada boom, as they say. boom Boom. okay these are really fun for summer so uh if
0: you've listened to seasons past you know that we had the whole bottle for a penny but we're switching things up for summer because we know you're going to the beach you're picnicking you're having fun uh this is not the tumbler you're going to get this is mine yours is actually cuter it's more summer appropriate they will be white you will get two i'm just holding one stainless steel inside actually you know double for a latte let me use it twice a day go ahead we give you permission that's what I do Those, are those uh, yeah things. so that's our treat for you this summer if you are a new customer place your order dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic club gotta insert that club word because that indicates the uh, that flags that they're sending you some tublers, and you can just be homemaker chic all summer long
1: love that that's beautiful I want to share wine with you real fast we are going to get to your questions hang in there but I have, surprise, surprise, been deep in love, and I am falling deeper in love with my Italian sparkling wines. I love them. No way, Shay. Deeper in love? Champagne <laughs> be damned. Um, Oh, my. <laughs> okay. This is what I wanted. To, I've had a bottle of this already. This is my second bottle. This is a sparkling rosé, which about- Which <laughs> doesn't
0: mean right now. She didn't have a bottle right now. <laughs> That's what it sounded like.
1: I've already We're had 23 one bottle. minutes in. I've
0: had a bottle of this, and like it was ready really to good.
1: Pack the second <laughs> um, this is a sparkling rose, and it's so perfect for summer. This is like my gardening wine extraordinaire. I love having a glass of bubbles late in the afternoon when I'm outside gardening. So this is a sparkling rose um from Tuscany, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So this is a blend. 32% Vermentino Nero, and 68% Can... <laughs> Canolo. No. Canolo. I don't know how you say that. Just say cannoli. Just, <laughs> Just cannoli. It. No. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. But I want to read you this, okay? <laughs> so, the vineyard that okay. makes this wine, they have a little paragraph of information that I want to read to you, okay? Now, remember, I'm going to Sicily in 10 weeks. So, like... I have Italy deep on the brain right now, and wine, and food, and like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to cook? What are we going to harvest? So I'm Mm -hmm. just going to read this to you, okay? Okay. Uh, Castel del Piano was born out of a passion for a region that has received and welcomed us, and by the energy surrounding a certain river, farm, and castle that we discovered there. We are in, I'm going to, so sorry, Italians, Lun... Lunigiana, a frontier land, where age-old paths have been carved out by the feet of many travelers. Here, historically, culture and life have intertwined, and we draw on all those experiences and rare fruits today. We passionately recovered the native wines, reviving the abandoned vineyards. To those we joined To these, we joined others who are well-suited to the territory, and then it lists off a bunch of grapes that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. We grow our vines organically, following a path, even in our personal life, of attention to the essence of things. In harmony with the rhythms of nature, we try to obtain grapes that, by natural methods, we can make into expressive and truly regional wine. We host curious travelers in a medieval castle, a small fortress overlooking the river. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sign us up. I'm Shay Elliot. I'm here this week.
0: <laughs> I am a curious traveler.
1: Curioso travelo. <laughs> Put me in the castle overlooking the river.
0: <laughs> Podcasto free advertising. <laughs>
1: we're, we're in Mexico now. Sorry, Dolores.
0: Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <Where are you? laughs> That's like my husband. He has a Chinese friend and a Mexican friend, and he thinks he can speak with an Irish accent. So anytime he tries to do any of those voices, they just morph into this horrible, homogenous, contrived. <laughs> It changes about 82 times in each sentence. It's That's awesome a- and awful at the
1: same time. That's how I am when I try to do Australian. It just, it goes like. Oh, please. It <laughs> goes. Cocky. Is that even <laughs> a real <laughs> accent? I'm just know. kidding.
0: <laughs> she just goes straight Dick Van Dyke.
1: <laughs> I do not have that <laughs> skill. Stuart does. In fact, we sat at the no supper table the other day and georgia was just shouting off any accent that she could think of and man he can nail them in another life he should have been an actor he's incredible uh i don't have that skill
0: anyway he and joel should partner up and do some (laughs) sort of vaudevillian
1: this is like an snl skit (laughs) (laughs) excruciating oh it's so good so good um beautiful beautiful wines dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker sheet club there you go. <laughs> fun, fun. Yes.
0: Okay. okay. So we're questioning our summer. Yep. We've opened up the floodgates and in come the questions. Um, we are going to do our best to to give you the best answers we can, but we always say on this show, we're learning right along with you. So we'll see how we do. mm mm-hmm. um, so what we're going to do is we are, let's see,
1: what do we want to start with? You want to start with an easy one? You want to start with a doozy? I don't know. Uh, no, me. start with an easy one. I don't know what the questions are, so I'm, I feel very emotionally unprepared, but that's okay. <clears throat> oh, boy. Okay. Ooh. <sighs> All right. That makes me scared.
0: <laughs> start with an easy one. Maybe none of them are easy. Uh, um, well, this one we've talked about a lot. This one, no, I think we can do this okay. one. Okay.
1: This, this might be a little...
0: Oh my, what oh. is that handle? Um am we're Bonnie Life. I don't know. That's you over on Instagram. Uh, she would like to know. What she's doing is she's addressing the trend in with TikToks and things like that to show you like hacks. Here's how to make XYZ easier. But she wants to know what are the top three things you would tell homemakers that there are no hacks for? <laughs> No detours. Okay. I know. No shortcuts. You just simply have to do it, other than the obvious one, like raising your kids, if you are a mother. Okay. And she said we need to have Jennifer on again, Madame Chic, but uh, girlfriend, we just did about four weeks ago, so make sure you've heard that that episode, because that was last season, and she'll be back. Okay. So three things that you can't make a TikTok hack for.
1: Well, I mean, I, and you I can- said we can't say kids, raising kids no 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 because that's well that was one of mine that was too obvious yeah, yeah Right. there's no shortcut to enjoyable children that takes work okay holy cow so <laughs> well
0: she didn't say enjoyable children she just said raising your kids <laughs> all right raising well i actually relative. would like i would <laughs> like
1: to enjoy my children um <laughs> right okay okay so more the minute more take pragmatically. The off the gas there they yeah become no. unenjoyable no, Rapidly. so she, I'm assuming that she's meaning yeah. more like in the home. Um, here's what I really just like about yeah. this trend to start off with, is that it makes you think that there are hacks. <laughs> That's... You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, white vinegar on a wine stain, fine. I'll give you that. But, like, real homemaking, no, that it's a job.
1: Mm-hmm. The very first thing that came to my... Br- brain was sourdough bread. <laughs> Good luck faking that. Okay. Companies do. Right. Um they use fake flavorings uh to get that same, but to me well Okay. Let me take a step back here. For my principles, you don't hack food. Does that make sense? now it does there are plenty of other homemakers who don't care about food the way that i do and so they have lots of hacks like costco (laughs) costco is wonderful for people who want a food hack they have all kinds of prepared stuff that make it really really easy um and give you a lot of food hacks i can't do that i just can't it's not in my nature (laughs) So, um,
0: well, again, hack being relative because yeah. when we first started the show, you were anti Instapot. True. You know, you said, I'm not interested. That's a hack. That's a kitchen appliance True. I don't want. It's clunky. It's in my way. I'm just content to do stovetop. And you've had a change of heart. Yes. Come with that. So, hack, you know, hack is, it's got a little movement to it
1: it does have a lot of movement But i to see it. What,
0: but i know what you're saying because you know blue apron HelloFresh, costco prepared food like that's a hack you're not willing to right. chop at right
1: and and plenty yeah. of people are great right you're, you get to own your kitchen you get to do what you want in there um it is it's- i have a family
0: member who raised three three children and now now she gets blue apron there you that's go that's what her and her retired husband do and they cook it together they make it together but that's their there you go Like, they earned it. Moment. Right.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I also haven't really found, other than, like, okay, white vinegar on a wine stain. I mean, there's not really a major hack to a clean house. Well, that's what I was thinking. My mind
0: went right to the kitchen. Uh Uh-huh. Like, there is no hack to... um. When your mother-in-law walks in the door and they're not being like prescription bottles and receipts and crumbs on your counter and laundry in the chair and homeschool stuff all over the table, there is no hack for that. That is where just hard work and diligence, cleaning up the kitchen, even if it's 830 at night, Mm -hmm. so you wake up to it spotless, Mm -hmm. relentlessly chipping away at it all day long, not letting it building up, you know, Mm -hmm. that is, there is no hack. There might be structure and routine and things, disciplines that you can implement, but that's just an area where the work just has to get done, It and it will get done. It'll get done behind the eight ball. It'll get done in anger. Mm-hmm. It'll get done in pleasure to your favorite podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think there's a difference between hacks and skilling up, because there are certainly ways that you can skill up in the kitchen, and if you want to deem those hacks, like, cleaning out your kitchen sink and a good cleaner that you find that does that really well. You know, if it's a Mm -hmm. hack to soak your, you know, stovetop burners and baking soda and vinegar for 15 minutes so you can clean them easier, I guess you could consider those kinds of things hack. I think about that more as just a developed skill. Mm. Um, I think of hack as like a shortcut to get to the end result. And there's a lot in homemaking that that just doesn't apply to. Mm. So you could skill up at laundry and know how to get stains out and know how to stay on top of it or maybe even have a schedule. But I guess I think of that more as skilling up and being better at doing laundry than any kind of a domestic hack. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, initially like three things. I think the kitchen. Okay. Okay. Like that's, there's no magic wand for that. Weeds in the garden. What your like yeah. whatever, whatever you did cardboard you did lasagna you had soil brought in whatever birds poop seeds grow you have to pull weeds if you want yep. to be a gardener just accept it your yep. girlfriend's beds aren't cleaner than yours because she has better soil than you do it's because she works harder
2: sorry
1: i got another one <laughs> i got another one our, our no third one that. Unless you get one of those blowtorch
0: things. I'd love one of those blowtorch weed killer things. Those are like pathways work. and stuff. That they would be work. fun.
1: I have our third okay. one. Okay, good. Go on. Um there's no hack for budgeting and finances for the homemaker. No. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward.
0: Silence. <laughs>
1: The end. No, I mean, that, that's end. one that doesn't
0: just, that doesn't ever magically go in your favor. That one always comes around and bites you. You know, there's very, very few people that accidentally lose seven pounds. There are very, very few people that accidentally find more money in their bank account at the end
1: of the month. And it's, painful to think that somebody could make a quarter of the amount that you do but actually be a lot better at managing it than you do that's a humbling Mm -hmm. idea you know we just Mm -hmm. think more is more and more is better and more is better and better is better (laughs) and that's just Mm -hmm. not necessarily true people who make less money who are better manner managers of it can often achieve things with their money that people who make plenty of money can't purely because of the way mm. that they go about managing it. Um. So we've told this story before, but like I think about the first time you went to Paris when you and Joel were not making money, you were not making a lot of money and it was $10 here, $15 there. What can we cut out? Let's not drink coffee. Like no desserts. We're not eating out lower the electricity bill, just like all this, all this work, all this effort. There was no shortcut to that. But you were able, even at that small amount that you guys were making, you were able to manage a trip. You were able to pull it off. And that's the kind of stuff when people are like, must be nice. I'm like, you have no idea what people have endured to get where they are or what sacrifices Mm -hmm. they've made. There's never a situation where we need to socially say, that must be nice. Just don't say that. Yeah. Don't do it. (laughs) So there you go. Kitchen. Okay. Weeds. Money. Finances. Yeah.
0: And the blowtorches really don't work because I saw Monty
1: with one once. No. They would have not worked for me. When you're burning a green weed, you have to hold it there for like five minutes. B- green stuff doesn't burn. Right? True. <laughs>
0: Hello. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is fun. Okay. And maybe you know how to, maybe maybe you could pull out those fabulous accents that you employ and you could help us out with that. I'll do it. This is just a fun one. Uh, can we all agree to start pronouncing microwave like Nigella does? How does she say microwave? How does she say it? I love the way she says just about everything, but I can't bring it to my mind. Is it micro? What is she saying? That's so. I don't have my phone. Everything she says
1: is so sexy and buttery. Angela or Nigella's voice is the sexiest British voice. I mean, she just. What is it about it's her voice? It's delicious. It's oozy. And I don't know. I love it.
0: It's, I, I know. love her. I think she's so sexy Anyway, She is. I mean,
1: I know. gosh. She yeah. is. I thought that was a fun question though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Let's see. So I'm this is a
1: fun that. story. Um, okay. When we shot our Food Network pilot a couple years ago, we had a showrunner uh, who is kind of like the your manager in a way. She just okay. wants to make sure that, you're happy and that everything's going the way that it needs to go. And, you know, she's kind of like your right-hand man. So my, sh- my showrunner, mm-hmm. her name was Jen, and she was British, which was great. My kids thought she was just the cat's meow, you know, because she said herbs and like all this amazing stuff. <laughs> anyway, she had been Nigella's showrunner and Jamie's showrunner for Jamie at home. I mm-hmm. like am fangirling completely. Well, I have this old Jamie um it was called Jamie at home. It was a cookbook that I got from the library fifteen years ago. My mom accidentally put it on a burner and we lit this book on fire. So I couldn't <laughs> give it back to the library. So it's in my home library. And I- have you been to the library since then? <laughs> That's what I want. I just know. don't tell them. I have a bunch of cards. Like <laughs> 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 No, my name's not Shay Elliott. Jay Ellerson. Could I get a new card, please?
0: Gosh. (laughs) 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 That is so
1: great. So Jen sees this book that's just Mm. like been lit on Mm -hmm. fire that I still have because I love it. And she texts a picture of it to Jamie Oliver. She's like, Jamie, look how loved this is. And he texts her back, oh, haha, ha, blah, blah. And I'm just like completely fangirling. Like,
2: if there yeah. are two
1: people that I will fangirl over, it's Nigella Lawson and Jamie Oliver. Love them. Yeah. Cannot even put into words the amount of inspiration of how much they've impacted who I am. It's crazy. Love them.
0: Nigella just makes me want to put on like a satin kimono and just like eat pasta in very inappropriate ways in my kitchen late at Nigella night. Nigella just like, makes me want to have
1: boobs. Let's be
0: honest. I'm so, like can we just talk about how be- she's beautiful? Like the boobs, they really 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 help. <laughs> they really help. It's so I just can't imagine having something like that going before oh me. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> just it's just a gift. Nigella, you have a gift. All yeah. right, just enjoy it for the rest of us who don't have it. It's like somebody who has a beautiful yeah. voice. It's like that's that's okay. great, great for you. Enjoy that. Okay, right here
0: we go. Okay, let's do another one. Okay, dang it, I should be more or- organized with these questions. Yeah. Oh, this was I thought. So let's like let's let's channel our empathy here because we did have a listener, a Patreon, a patron rather. Excuse me. Uh, This is Danielle. She's a patron. And uh, we haven't really addressed this um, topic very much uh, as women as far as supporting each other with alternative schedules. So she's a nurse. And her schedule is very different to her family's. And she was wondering if we had ideas or insight on tending to her home when everybody's sleeping. It's her challenge. Is that it's it's dark and she's got to be quiet. And she just was looking for some encouragement Mm. and ideas
1: there. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, I've never. She's she's
0: uh, multitasking this one. She's got an orchard. She's got you know she doesn't want to go out to the orchard and work at night because there's bears. I mean, this is pretty legit. Yeah, I did have, um, when this came across the wire, I did have like an initial idea and I don't know if maybe between the two of us, we can sort of generate something else. This was just very simple, very pragmatic. I was thinking about laundry with family sleeping and small kids. You don't want to be going into the room and like rummaging through stuff, digging out dirty jeans from under the bed, little boys room and, you know, think about how, what they do to clothing in their bedrooms. Um, What this was just very simple. What about putting a laundry basket outside everyone's door and having them training them to put their dirty laundry right outside the door so then she can creep around um, after the, you know, whatever shift she's working and gather that Mm -hmm. and uh, do the laundry accordingly. Again, we don't have the details, friends. We don't know where her laundry room is. We don't know if she's up at two in the morning or if she's up at four Mm -hmm. or 1130 at night. Um, That was just something when she said that, like just popped into my mind. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: It's tricky without knowing the details um, of what Mm -hmm. that would look like. But I would just think that, you know, there's, you kind of have to make hay while the sun shines. And if nighttime is when you have to to clean and to get these things done, then ultimately that's kind of what you have to do. So I would say- there are always pieces of homemaking that can be done quietly and pieces that are a little bit louder. So I would say, you know, while the family is sleeping, that might be a good time to have your laundry washed, but maybe do your folding and do your ironing. You could plan your menu or do your dusting or clean your windows or, uh, you know, fluff, pay the fluff bills. your pillows, paint yeah. your, pay your bills.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just kind of those quieter, mm-hmm. you know, things that frankly would be really nice and probably a little swifter to do when you're by yourself. <laughs> Paying bills can be a time you right. need to spend in your head. And so looking at that as an opportunity of, okay, I can take an hour and a half tonight while the rest of the family is sleeping and I can get this tended to. And then and then when they get up, you can you know do your couple loads of laundry before you have to go to work. You can run the vacuum through. All the dusting and the cleaning and the wood polishing and all that will have already been done. You would have already mm-hmm. pulled, maybe even started some of the food for – the meals that day. So I would just say maybe write a list of things that can be done quietly and things that can't, and then try to kind of piece together your schedule that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, um,
0: people with alternative schedules could look at the menu and see what sort of quiet food prep can be done in advance uh, for the evening meal, for example, if, if the, meat needs to be salt and peppered, you know, go ahead and just put it on the platter, salt and pepper it, put it back in the fridge. Just little, just anything that you can do to shave off Mm time with your normal routine. Mm -hmm. If there, Even if there is a dishwasher, if there isn't, but getting one of those like busboy tubs and just, again, you're quietly filling it with hot soapy water and just putting the dishes in there and they can sit till the next day, but at least they're you know the mm-hmm. the egg yolk isn't crusting onto the the plates, and the ketchup isn't f- fermenting in its place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. I think if we had a, a few more details, it might be a little bit easier. But my mind just goes to like really pragmatic. Like, what am I what am I hustling to do at five o'clock in the evening that I could have done at five o'clock in the morning or whenever it is? And it's kind of shaving off minutes here and there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Okay. All right.
0: Um, Stephanie is a patron, and she's newer to homeschooling, uh, as I imagine so many people are. I imagine so many people right now are looking at the current climate and just contemplating, is homeschooling right for your family? Um, I would definitely circle back. We've done a handful of episodes over the last two years on homeschooling. Um, But she is wondering... uh, How to transition into summer from what is typically a stricter homeschooling routine? For her, it feels like everything is up in the air. And how can you keep that sort of footloose and fancy free summertime vibe without the train coming off the rails completely? Mm -hmm. Which is an excellent
1: question. That is an excellent question. And I think every parent, whether they're homeschooling mm-hmm. or not, sort of faces down the summer with excitement and also with a little bit of reservation. <laughs> um, right. So great to be, you know, I always just breathe a huge sigh of relief when we're done and when we can close those math books for the last time and when the piano lessons stop and the, the schedule sort of allows us space to just be. The problem with that is that, I would argue children really do best when they know what to anticipate, when they mm-hmm. know what to expect. Um, I personally, as a homemaker, cannot take the questions. <laughs> the questions are what kill me. So here, here would be an example of a couple ways that we've managed this this summer, Uh, just because this isn't our first rodeo anymore. We've done this a few times now. So Mm -hmm. one thing I immediately did was I put up my chalkboard on the wall in my kitchen. I got a chalkboard marker, and I was like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, here's what we're having. And I do that the night before. I don't do heavy meal planning during the summer. I do like to keep it looser. This is not the time where I'm making 18 loaves of bread and freezing a bunch or or planning a month in advance what we're going to have. I literally clean mm-hmm. the kitchen one night and then at night I'm like, okay, what could we eat tomorrow? Do we have leftovers? Do we have meat that needs to be used? What's coming out of the garden? But the kids being able to get up and know, like, if it's a free-for-all breakfast or if mom has made something, it's really comforting to them and it saves them a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. that's sort of how I manage that. That manages meal times, that manages expectations. Um I also give my kids structure a day. Here's the list of things to do. So for example, the boys are in charge of all the feeding on the farm, all the feeding and watering of the animals. They have to do every morning. They have to collect eggs. They have to check the sheep, check the sheep water, make sure the cow has food, you know, the dog, the cats, everybody. So they have Mm -hmm. chores that they have to do in the morning. Georgia washes all the dishes, the dishwasher, the boys do the dishwasher. Everybody has laundry days. So the kind of rule is like, I want them to just be free and have fun and have a ton of freedom and go dig a hole or, you know, play a computer game or listen to an audiobook. book. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to do those mm-hmm. things. It's summer. Don't ask me until your entire list is done. So the list yeah. includes your chores, laundry, making your bed, cleaning your bedroom, asking mom and dad if there's anything that they need particular help with, uh, 30 minutes of reading, you know, those sorts of things. Like, don't even come to me. <laughs> Don't come to me until your list of things is done. Some kids will knock it out in an hour. Some will take all day. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how we manage it in our house. I got
0: asked at 8.45 in the morning. I'm sorry. I think our internet is causing us trouble. It's okay. Go ahead. I wasn't talking. You were. I talked right over you, but I don't don't think it lined up that way. Um, I got asked at 8.45 in the morning if we were going to the beach the other day hmm your teeth aren't even brushed mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. yeah the questioning um is very fatiguing for me it's it's and it's like decision fatigue as well on top of that so you have where you have to make decisions yes or no yep. what's for breakfast yeah so I think eliminating that is mm-hmm. is really helpful <laughs>
1: yep <clears throat> yeah I think so too I think we tend to think of of a structure or expectation as non-freedom, but I mm-hmm. don't think that that's that's the case, especially with children, so no it's
0: they're very freeing then the expectations like everybody's on the same page right, and that does create a lot of mental freedom, it creates a lot of family harmony. She was wondering um if charts are weird. <laughs> And uh, she said she knows they're not sexy, but are charts weird? And no, <laughs> like not on this show. They're not. Charts mm-hmm. are not weird. Checklists are not weird. No. Um, I do this thing with my kids. If I don't have something written up, I'll say, I need you to do something for me. It's X, Y, Z. And when you're done, please check in with me. Mm-hmm. That's their cue that there's something else coming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Charts are Charts are great. Again. Charts set an expectation for the child where you know their needs developmentally, morally, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically are going to be met. Right. They're going to have brushed their teeth. They're going to have fed their mind. They're going to have gone outside and gotten fresh air. They're going to have eaten breakfast and hygienically changed their clothes or showered or whatever your list of things are. That's good for them. That's good for them. And and giving them a chart and mm-hmm. saying, okay, bud, here you go. Like Obviously, depending on how old your child is. You know, that's a great way for them mm-hmm. to sort of learn work and and discipline and expectations. Um, and it's also fun to see their personalities come out because some kids will just power through and knock it all out so that they can go do the fun mm-hmm. stuff. And some will just wallow in it all day long. Um, yep. And that's part of their development, too. So, you know, I was telling my kids, mm-hmm. like, there's not a right or wrong way. It's, it's your day. You decide. Go for it. It's fun to see. Right? It's fun to see them on various days, the different paths that they take. Chart it up, I say. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay,
0: this is uh, Victoria Howell over on Instagram. She says that we talked about butter in a recent episode. What brands of butter do we usually cook with? And frankly. Okay.
1: What other brands of kitchen staples do you use? Mm, okay, okay. I do not have my dairy cow right now. my My preferred butter is my dairy cow butter <laughs> from my cow. When I don't have her, mm-hmm. I get grazers from Sierra Nevada. Uh, I get that from Azer every month. So that's a great one. Sierra Nevada has a couple different um varieties of butter that Azur sells. There's a couple different mm-hmm. vat cultured ones. There's um like European style ones. Um, I love the Grazer's one, so I use that one a lot. It's a vat cultured one. So that's what that's the butter I use. What about you? Is that the one that comes in the tube? I'm trying so to. That's think the of, Sierra Nevada, but which, that's a different um, one. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: okay. Okay. Um, so l-
0: yeah. So I'm vat cultured European butter salted i always That's do salted me. oh yeah uh when i bake i just like reduce the salt a little bit
1: barely never, come on some pe- people act like it's like yeah is that unsalted or salt? like you don't can- you can't tell the difference it
0: cracks me up if i read a cookbook and they're all dogmatic about it i'm like for real like because yeah
1: yeah chill salted out butters.
0: uncivilized there are- um that's my favorite. I get a ton of it by the box. And then, you know, we'll make fern butter, we call it from the dairy cow. And then I keep a big tub of clarified butter as well. Um, I like that for cooking. And I like it yes. when I if the kids are cooking, yeah. which they do a lot of. Because um, you, c- you can learn to saute vegetables and butter like but it's that's you turn your back for 20 seconds, and you've ruined it. So I like to be able to tell the kids, use the clarified butter. Go ahead, because you know, like it or not, they're going to turn their back yeah. for 20 seconds.
1: Yeah, and yeah. and clarified butter tastes good. It's delicious. It yeah, has it's a very good has mm-hmm. a different flavor, which is good. Right. Um. Okay. Other brands of kitchen staples. I use a ton of Jovial products. So, einkorn flour, mm-hmm. olive oil, canned tomatoes, canned beans. All of those are jovial. And I get those from Azure mm-hmm. primarily because it just saves the shipping of extra boxes when I do it from my Azure pickup. Right. Um, dried herbs and spices. I prefer Mountain Rose herbs. I find their quality is really superb to most brands. Um, mm-hmm. I think it has to do with the way that they, I don't think they just dry them, I think they freeze dry them. As I've been exp- like okay. exploring my freeze dryer and freeze drying my own herbs, I'm like, oh, this is how their dried parsley this is doesn't look like dried parsley. <laughs> it looks like fresh parsley that's somehow dried. Um, okay. They have fabulous herbs and spices. So I tend mm-hmm. to bulk order from them a couple times, a um, couple times a year. Uh, oh, jovial boxed pastas, cookies and crackers. Those are like some of my fast food great great right. products you're not making any the sort checker of checkerboards yeah compromises health compromises when yeah. you have those on mm-hmm. on hand so i keep a lot of those i don't know what else comes to your mind pantry staples
0: no I, our pantries are going to be really similar that way mm-hmm. um and then you know aside from their olive oil then i get like fancy oils from from someone local mm-hmm. like a really thick. 25-year-old balsamic and truffle oil and things like that. But I think for the most part, what we use is going to be really similar. Yeah. What's the um, the preserves company in Italy?
1: Bionature? Uh, that Jovial bought. Bionature. So Bionature yeah. jams are fabulous. They're really you good. You can buy them just right from Jovial's okay. site. Uh, they linked the sites mm-hmm. now because um, I was going to say Carla and Rodolfo own both, but I don't know who owns Rodolfo, I guess owns the company now. Hmm. Um, they have fabulous jams, great, like nectars and stuff. Uh they've got like you're yawning and I'm yawning. This is r we're recording this at a rough time of day. We I'm both need a nap. Yeah, I just started yawning. <laughs> Holy cow. This is what happens I was trying to keep neither it of us have sat down. Wasn't working all out very day. Well. Like you sit down. Oh. I'm in the sunshine. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh. <laughs> melting. <laughs> Um, um yes.
0: Celtic sea salt. Do you have a particular salt? Uh I know we have San Juan that we both have used and just yeah. your standard um you know, the blue bag, Celtic sea salt. That's a staple in mine. And then I am a sucker. Here's the thing. I don't live near a Trader Joe's, but like in a few days I'll be driving through a major city and I'll be stopping at a Trader Joe's. And that is where I love to buy all my mustards. Mm. I'm a sucker for their condiments. They do such a good job, and um, most of them are from France or Italy. Or you know, they're brought in. They're just fabulous. So that's that's what you're always going to see on my shelf. And then little things like sardines and anchovies and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Time to go grocery shopping. I guess <clears throat> that was a good question.
0: If you're like me, you want to dress your home and accessories with a story quality accessories ones that have meaning and for sure not accessories that are headed for the landfill because a huge concept on this show is better not more we want you to get to know our friends at House of Tokumen by visiting hotrugs.net especially if you're tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs that do not survive your lifestyle dress your home in a hand woven rug from House of Tokumen I want you to look at your home Where does it need some style infusion this summer? Because nothing is as timeless as a Persian rug. Here's a designer tip. You will give your home an instant, professionally designed look when you add a Persian rug. So get to know House of Tokumin over on Instagram. And then when you're ready, use this exclusive coupon code, HOMEMAKER25, for 25% off this investment into the fabulous look of your home. You're guaranteed a -a one-of-a-kind rug, no fakes, No machine-made copies or replicas. Visit House of Tokumen at hotrugs.net and use the coupon code HOMEMAKER25. Are you ready for a well-appointed bathroom this summer? How about a stack of gorgeous towels from American Blossom Linens? You have their sheets. Now it's time to add these brand new, beautiful towels to your lifestyle. For your well-appointed bathroom, why not wrap yourself in the most luxurious, thick, oversized towels made in America? These long-lasting, absorbent, heirloom-quality towels will surround you with plush comfort, everything you can expect from 100% organic West Texas cotton. That's right, the cotton is grown in Texas, and these towels are made in Georgia, in a sustainable and environmentally conscious manufacturing plant whose main goal is weaving a better world. Unlike others, These fully organic cotton sets of towels are made with all USA materials. Nothing ever leaves the United States, which means you and I get the very best quality. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com to well appoint your bathroom and use the coupon code HomemakerChic20 for 20% off. That's AmericanBlossomLinens.com with the coupon code HomemakerChic20.
1: Last year, we finally took the jump into the freeze-drying world with a beautiful new freeze-dryer from Harvest Dry, and we are so glad that we did. As a homemaker and gardener, these freeze-dryers have the very important job of making sure that nothing, whether it's a bountiful crop from the garden or leftover soup from Sunday supper, go to waste. These incredible machines are very versatile. You can use your freeze-dryer to preserve dairy, meat, produce, and even complete meals. Here's the very best part. Everything is completely automatic. You literally just fill the freeze-dryer Trays, push the start button, and walk away. Preserving food can be that simple. Freeze dried food less for 25
0: years in your cupboards and will maintain taste and color and flavor. The food retains nearly all of its nutritional value and home freeze dried food costs one third the cost of store bought, which means your freeze dryer from Harvest Right will pay for itself in no time. This is the perfect season to order your freeze dryer so you can have it set up and ready for spring and summer bounty, whether you're freeze drying fruits, vegetables, herbs, milk, or even eggs, Harvest Right machines are the best on the market and will soon become an invaluable player of your preserving kitchen. Visit bit.ly forward slash Homemaker or click the link in the show notes to shop your new home freeze dryer
1: system from Harvest Right today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Tubes & Co., Tubes & Co. believes in skincare products that nourish and restore and come from simple, wholesome ingredients. Emily began crafting skincare and makeup from her farmhouse kitchen after discovering how organic tallow, high-quality cold-pressed olive oil, and other quality natural ingredients made a huge difference in her skin and in her family's wellness. Now Tubes & Co. has expanded to not only include beautiful skincare, but also wonderful makeup products. These are products that I use on my skin every single day. I wash with the charcoal bar, and then I move on to the glow serums and the hydrating serums, all the makeups, all the bronzers, all the highlighters, the mascara, the eyeshadow. It's all so clean and so good. Visit toopsandco.com and use the coupon code Chic for a 10% discount.
0: Oh, uh this, this is a fun comment though. Okay. Um this poor gal had to pull off the road during the uh dead mole in the laundry machine conversation. We Sorry almost caused her that. bodily harm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was Iris. Sorry about that, Iris. <laughs> If you guys missed that story, I was doing laundry at my friend Amber's house um, while my washing machine was not hooked up, and I accidentally washed a dead mole in her washing machine. (laughs) I don't remember what episode that was on, but um, let me say this. I got my washer and dryer Mm -hmm. hooked back up, so we're in the middle of a basement renovation, which everybody knows about, blah, blah. So boring to keep talking about, but we're still here. But my washer and dryer is hooked back up and i will never complain about doing laundry again you know how when you're poor okay you never forget what it's like to be poor you don't ever no. forget those lessons you don't forget even when you have mm-hmm. money you're like nope it's still there like it it's formative that's how not having a washer or dryer with a family of 6 who lives on a farm 30 minutes from the laundromat uh feels I'm like, what? so what's so hard about right. this? I put the clothes in and push the button. I can wash whatever I want whenever I want.
0: That's Done. how I feel with my Easy. new machines. Since, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. I, it's like a pleasure. I just walk in, and every day I'm like, I can't believe I have these machines. Boop. Yeah. Boop. Boop.
1: It just makes me – it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, it genuinely feels like a gift. And I know that some of you have a bunch of laundry right now, and laundry does not feel like a gift. But the ability to wash laundry so conveniently and easily is mind-blowing. I'm so happy. Yep. I'm so – today I washed my bedspread. I was like, I can. Just because I can. And it's beautiful. And I love so, it. I'm so happy.
0: Okay. 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 I like this question. Okay. And, like, can, can I pee while you talk? No. I'm going to have an accident. I've had six babies. <gasps> I
1: got to go to the bathroom. I just, I just pulled Listen, out my washing machine you can do this. story to fill dead air. Ugh, fine. I'll try. I was there.
0: I was only gone for like four seconds while I looked for another question. This is Kimberly. She's Kimberly. a patron. Okay. I-, I can jump in on this story. I'll be fast. Uh, I thought this was a really good question because she's she's new to homesteading. So... She has a small family, and they are looking to grow more of their own food and provide more of their own food from their property, but it's it's gotten bigger than the price of a pack of lettuce seeds. So you kill off some lettuce. That's not such a big consequence. Now they are doing things like building their first chicken coop and raising birds, obviously. That's a bigger loss. You know, so she's wondering if we um, can give okay. some advice on what we might do different. Like knowing like now, like the mon- money's on the line. Yeah. Like this is important. This isn't a lot of people are approaching this right now. I know that we have a lot of listeners right now and they're contemplating this or they're making their first moves and it they're not thinking hobby. Yeah.
1: They're
0: not thinking, you know, like become farmers but this is a very pragmatic decision for them how can we have more control how can we save money so okay important.
1: i'll go take it away. okay kimberly first off i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but if you want to save money starting a homestead is probably not the best way to do that now I'm not sure what your particular goals are with your homestead. If the whole idea is let's grow food as cheap as we can so that we can lower our grocery bill, again, this is not the right way to do that because starting a homestead is no joke. And there are places that have been growing lettuce or chickens or beef or beets or grains or whatever it may be. They've been growing them for so long and so focused on that monocrop that they're able to do it with such efficacy that you will never, ever, ever, ever be able to match at your home what they can do cost-wise. It's just they are very good at what they do. So when we're in our homesteads and we're going to be hobbling together production, you have to know first off, don't do it to save money. And I, I I don't mean mm-hmm. that in any kind of a mean way. I just genuinely mean if this is a bottom line financial decision for you, don't make that decision. Make a different decision. So I don't know exactly why Kimberly started her homestead. Uh, if she's doing it for food and the quality of food, then that's a different approach. So mm. my <clears throat> sort of halfway between those two would be Okay, if it's a if it's to save money, don't start a homestead. If it's to get better food and also save money, then I would say maybe even try to find local places that you could source this. Again, because when people are good at their job and they know what they're doing, they're going to be able to do it for cheaper than you're going to be able to do it for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Here would be an example. One time I bought meat birds. It was my first time buying meat birds because I wanted to grow my own chickens. I did not know how to build a proper meat bird tractor i built what i thought was a great meat bird tractor and then we had a thunderstorm and the way that i had designed it had these corners and all the meat birds died they just completely squished each other to death because they all huddled and you know Mm. when people raise chickens they know what chickens do they know their tendencies and they know how to avoid them and they know how to do it in a more price effective way so if you are starting a homestead so that you can have Mm -hmm. better food um and you need to be able to save money. Then I would say try to find local farms that you can support who already know how to do the thing. Then there's the third category, which is, hey, I want good food and I want to know how to do this. And that's a different discussion um, right. Yeah, because you have to be able to take the financial blow. There's a risk involved when you're doing something Let's- yourself.
0: Let's say she's in that category, because I've got notes here that says she loves homesteading yeah. and she loves gardening. So it sounds like they're just taking it to the next level.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, then if that is the case, uh, just having your head on your shoulders and just knowing it's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be a learning curve. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, experience is the best teacher in this. If you can find somebody local in your community that can teach you about animals, um, That would be really Mm -hmm. helpful. Obviously, there's all kinds of resources on YouTube. Um, I wrote a book called Welcome to the Farm about starting a homestead, which has a ton of helpful information for somebody who wants to do that. Um, If I could go back and do do it again, back from the beginning, Kimberly, with where you're at right now, I would save up my money until I had the ability to do it right the first time. (laughs) That's where I, mm. I would really want to encourage a new homesteader. Here would be an example. If you're going to build a chicken coop, you want to like kind of – birds are a great segue because, yeah, it's sad when they die, but it's a lot different than when like a thousand-pound dairy cow dies and you have to figure out what to do For with sure. the body. Yeah. yeah. Um. So birds are a great segue. Um, when you build a chicken coop, there's a few things that you need to think about, like chickens fly. Chickens jump fences. So, you know, don't build your chicken to- coop next to a garden where they're going to want to get out and they're going to want to scratch it all to heck. Put it away from your house. Mm-hmm. Put it away from your vegetable patch. So if they do get out, which they will, or somebody leaves the door open, which they will, the chickens aren't mm-hmm. quite as inclined to go for your broccoli patch. Um, or, you know, I always see people with like four foot high chicken vents. I'm like, I don't know how often you are able to get out to clip your chicken wings, but like I remember to do it like once a year. So we built our new chicken coop with the the fences are ten yeah. feet high and it's an ordeal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, ours looks like Jurassic Park.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. We call it Jurassic Park. It's a, it's ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and huge they still get tall out fences from the bottom. <laughs> um, and they still get yeah. out. I like yeah. that.
0: I like that idea of just like taking. It's really easy just to go gung-ho that first year. Oh, we're going to get chickens, and then we're going to do meat birds, and we're going to get bees, like pacing yourself and partnering with other farmers in the meantime. I'm not saying that, you know, having a a fresh meat bird isn't fantastic, but um, finding people in your area to supplement those things while Mm -hmm. you're just taking off one thing at a time and getting really good at it. And that Mm -hmm. way you can pace yourself, especially financially, if that's uh, the situation, um, with the gear, with the equipment, with finding a vet that Mm -hmm. speaks your language, that you get along with, that's reliable, that shows up, that can show up quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when we started, so our first mammal was, uh, were Nigerian dwarf goats. Like, hello, if if somebody could have, I don't regret it. Because it was fun with the kids. They were fun. They were small. I befriended a farmer. She taught me a lot. But totally useless. Just <laughs> totally useless. But that was, I, I, I'm not an animal person. That's what I was comfortable with at the time, like as far as size and everything. But I didn't know that, they, that animals could be stubborn at milking. I've just seen movies where they milk the animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we have our first kids. And it's time to milk this goat her teats are the size of <laughs> one third of my pinky. So it's like Ben Stiller in that movie where he's milking, milking the little cat. Little cat teats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was awful. And she kept sitting down. We had to put like a strap under her, bolt it to the ceiling, which is kosher. Don't don't send me hate mail. That That is humane. People do that. It was just so she wouldn't sit down. But like, Good net, we had no idea. Mm-hmm. We were just in over our heads, and you're fighting and you're divorcing, mm-hmm. and it's stressful and there's flies. I mean, really, I think there's something to be said about chipping off like one homemaking skill or homesteading skill at a time. Mm-hmm.
1: And also having the fortitude to just say, I will not be beat by this. I want to do this. And you know what? We've lost cows and we've lost sheep and we've lost lambs and we've been bit by pigs and we've, you know, had chickens that completely have decimated crops. Uh, We've left water on and flooded things. Like Mm -hmm. if you name it, we've endured it. Um, Right, right, for sure. But I won't be, be I, I love this life. I want to do this. I want to continue to get better. There's nothing, there's no other inconveniences I would rather have. There's nothing else I would rather struggle at Mm -hmm. than this life. So I get it. I get why people want to do this. Doesn't pencil out on the bottom line, I'll tell you that. But what you gain from it is experience and wisdom and fortitude and grit and tenacity Mm -hmm. and inventiveness and I'm for all those things. And those are priceless in my book. So- Carry on, Kimberly. Fight the good fight. Yeah. And just know animals are gonna you know, die. If you- and that's okay. You're not it's live. Oh, you know. Yeah. It's gonna happen. My
0: my goat farmer that we did get our goats from, that's what she said. We lost our first goat and he was this beautiful blue eyed buck. I paid a lot of money for him because I wanted those darn blue eyes. And she's just like, livestock is dead stock. Like I've never encountered anything like this. Yep. Like this animal died on my watch. Yep yeah
1: oh, it's terrible. I remember the last the last conversation I had with my dairy cow, Sally. I had Sally for f- five years, and she was mm-hmm. my girl man. I mean, this was at the time where we were milking twice a day. We didn't have a calf with her. I would get up at five o'clock every morning for over eighteen months. I did we one of our stretches was eighteen months. I did it pregnant. I did it with a baby on my back. like I was there mm-hmm. with this cow. And she fell one day. So she got ketosis after she calved. She fell and she hit her hip on our barn. And what happened was she broke her hip. Well, a cow with a broken hip, unfortunately, is pretty much dead stock. I wasn't really willing to accept that. I mean, we did everything we possibly could, but she was down. And I would. That was tough. That oh, was it was so week. bad. I would, would yeah. take her buckets of water. And I just yeah. remember like sitting there with her and holding this bucket of water, and I had her head in my lap, and I'm like, I'm I'm trying to do, like, right by you. I'm trying my damnedest to do right by you, and I love you, and I hope you know that. And it was so sad. It makes me sad all these years later. Like, you try your best, and sometimes it just mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Sometimes it. Sometimes I feel you like just you guys lose. didn't
0: know right away the hip was broken
1: right we thought she couldn't get up because of I feel like it yeah we thought she couldn't get up milk fever Mm -hmm. or something yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but then we had a chiropractor come out and uh, you know and and our we had a great vet at the time and anyway it's just part of it but damn it if it doesn't grow you to like a much better version of yourself so that's something
0: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm poor Hmm. Sally girl that's poor Sally. Oh my gosh, I can just see you sitting next to her. I don't like that. I know. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad.
1: Yeah, she was a good girl. She wasn't as good as Cece. Cece's oh my- a much nicer cow to me than Sally was. Oh really? Oh yeah. She was a spicy. Uh, okay. Okay. All right.
0: This is. I think this will probably be our last okay. one. Let's see. Um, beginner design.
1: Oh, good. One for you. Robin
0: is a patron, <laughs> and she is wondering... Yeah, okay. She is wondering um, how to get started in making it pretty. Where does one begin? If you're looking at your home and you're thinking, I'd like to add some some prettiness to your home, where do you begin? Well,
1: so Angela you has You know this, what I'm going to say. I know. I was just going to say, Angela has this gift. Angela is the designer of this duo, but she has this gift of saying things and teaching people about design, and she repeats these things so that they become second nature when you're facing a space. And I know exactly what you're going to say. I'm going to say it. I just blogged about it
0: today in the garden. My my first suggestion to, and this is, I, I suggest this because it keeps overwhelm. Down and it keeps money spending down, and it keeps husbands happy, and it keeps you from making foolish mistakes, foolish impulsive mistakes, is to start by neutralizing the ugly. And that is that thing that when you walk in the room, you go, that thing that bugs you, whether it's the dark, dingy cabinets in your kitchen, or it's that sofa that you can only throw you can't throw another throw blanket over because it's so trashed maybe it's the laundry pile that you perpetually store on the edge of your bed but start by neutralizing the ugly and for me that is what i personally do and i it, for, i've heard from people that it works so i'm i'm not alone in this but what that does for me is it clears up mental space and so often Creativity is stifled because there are too many cobwebs (laughs) and there's not enough time and space for contemplation. Most of us know what we like. We might not know how to implement it. Um, Not everybody is a born designer. Not everybody is good at making little vignettes in their home or putting things together. But we do watch HGTV or pass a magazine aisle at the grocery store or go to a friend's house and we do think, Yes, I like that. Or no, I don't like that. Um, But that's really hard to take an idea that you've seen somewhere else, which there's nothing wrong with ripping off someone else's idea. But it's really hard to take that idea if you're constantly going. So I would look at whatever room it is. And really pragmatically say, what can I do to neutralize the ugly? Just get rid of the thing that's bringing me down. And don't tell me it's the whole room because the room probably has some redeeming qualities here or there. There might be a favorite chair in the corner or a plate from your grandma hanging on the wall. That might be the only thing, you know, but I, I would start with with that. And then if getting to know yourself, if you don't already um, – and figuring out what you do think is pretty. If you're if Robin wants to start making things pretty, what is pretty? Is it is it a floral bedspread or is it a beautiful piece of art on the wall? Start with one thing and build your room around that. For me personally, I build my rooms around textiles. Um I've I've worked with people and they'll say to me, "We got to pick a paint color. We got to pick a paint color." I'm like, no, you don't. That's like you got to name the baby and you're not even pregnant yet. (laughs) You don't have to pick a paint color. You need to pick something to build this room around, whether it's a rug or a drape or a beautiful piece of art. You need to pick a palette and then work from there. And so once you've neutralized the ugly, I would find one beautiful thing that you really enjoy. If you have to purchase that, purchase that. If it's already in the room, start looking at that as your inspiration source
1: hmm well mm-hmm. said neutralize the ugly
0: okay yeah mm-hmm. i think most it sounds really simplistic yeah. i mean obviously there's more to design than that but most of us have something that's like holding us back mm-hmm. just get rid of it
1: yeah yeah it's just mostly insecurity of i don't want to get this wrong like you said you don't want to waste money you don't want to make the wrong mm-hmm. decisions but inspiration usually comes from a clean space So, if you neutralize the ugly, let's say it's your bedroom and you've got just like boxes of paperwork and old bills and dirty laundry, Mm -hmm. and you never open your blinds or open your windows or your closets just full of clothes that don't fit you. Like, genuinely start by decluttering and getting rid of some of that stuff so that you feel even a little bit more inspired when you go in there. And then usually you'll catch a vision. Mm -hmm. You know, something will. I just wrote about this the other day on
0: the blog because. I've been really, I mean, I think my garden is pretty. I know I want to do more with it, but I'll be darned if I can figure out how to, I've been having a really hard time just getting to, like, there's no ideas. I know flowers I like. I -hmm. know kind of what I want, but I don't have the idea to, to take my garden to the next level. And this spring, I finally realized it was those stupid cattle panels. And they were there. I put them up when we first moved. Friends, we're on um, solid bedrock. So I only have like six to eight inches of topsoil. So I don't have a problem with cattle panels. I know a lot of people use them to make arches in their garden. They're very utilitarian, helpful, super affordable. But mine were profoundly ugly in that we had used like the T-fence or snow fence posts, I call them. And they were anchored in broken cinder blocks filled with cart concrete so that they, because we can't put them into the ground. We did it right when we moved in and built the garden and sort of and never got rid of them. They were just there. So, I would look out to that space and while there's 75 lavender plants and beautiful roses, here are these cattle panels that I just haven't gotten rid of yet. They're just there. I don't know what to do with them. My roses need support. And a few weeks ago, I just went berserk. If you've ever tried to handle a cattle panel that has already taken a shape, Uh, It's very challenging. But I went nuts. I ripped them all out. I tied them to the back of the tractor and drug them across the farm and, like, hid them in the forest. I didn't even want to see them. Like, get out of here. I, like, hauled all the cinder blocks and everything out. Just, like, get out. I don't care if the roses are flopping over for a while while I figure this out. But whatever that did, it was amazing because I could think Mm -hmm. then. And now I have ideas. Now I'm thinking about brick paths. And then... I was able to even just see things on Amazon. I would click and try to find arbors. I never found one. Poof. Here comes the arbors that I can actually afford to replace the cattle panels. It just opened up so many gates. And I no longer looked at my garden feeling guilty. Like, you Mm -hmm. should really think this is beautiful. But you're going
1: Uh
0: every time you look Mm -hmm. out. So Neutralize the ugly. Neutralize (laughs) it. Bless you. Sorry.
1: So sorry. So silly.
0: Okay. On that note, we're going to wrap things up. Okay. I'm not saying you're ugly, but if you feel like you need to neutralize the ugly, (laughs) I want you to visit Toops and Company. How's that for a segue, Shay? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Because our friend Emily has a brand new coupon code for you, and it is Homemaker Chic. She always offers our listeners a 10% one-time discount. So I messaged her the other day because I, um, you know... Getting the chest freckles It's very discouraging to me. I think we talked about that a few weeks ago. And I said, Emily, like I don't really believe in sunscreen. It's so toxic. I sure don't want to rub all those poisons all over my girls, Lucy and Ethel. Can you help me? Do you have any suggestions? And she told me she has a sun balm. I did not know that. So if you would like to use your one-time 10% off discount, join me and get some sun balm from mm-hmm. Emily at Toops & Co. Toopsandco.com. The coupon code is... Homemaker Chic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. For 10% off.
1: Yes. And then get some of her charcoal bar. That's what I use as my face wash. And it's phenomenal and so clean and does such an incredible job of taking off dirt and makeup, which is a major problem this time of year when I'm outside and sweating and getting all filthy dirty on my face. <laughs> Come in and like got streaks all over. Right. Um, It really, Mm -hmm. really does a good job of cleaning your face with no hormone disruptors, no nothing gross. So I'm so grateful for companies like Emily. So good. Okay. Well, if you have questions. Uh, So
0: we're doing one show a week. Yes. Hold on. We're doing one show a week this week. Yes. This season. Um, But we told our listeners we're going to make a recommendation And the other day during the fangirl call, I told you I have your recommendation for you. So here's your recommendation for everyone. If they haven't heard it, it's new to them. Uh, It is our very fun, very controversial episode called Raw Milk and Man Boobs from (laughs) April 23rd, 2020. Shay goes on a rant. You're going to
1: want to hear it. Do I? Can you you make the show notes? Can you put the link to that episode Mm -hmm. in the show notes? Yes. Okay, yep, do that yep, because that's that's that way idea. people can find I'm the finder really easily. Um I'm a little nervous to go back and listen to something that we did a month into this podcast. That makes me scared. <laughs> and COVID. <laughs> you guys, we're growing human beings, okay? So uh, if you hear us if you hear us say something stupid, just assume that at some point in your past you've also said something stupid. And let's all just I think just this one's pretty funny. Up.
0: I think this is the one where I reference like the FBI story of being told to dump out your raw milk and how I would have just chugged a lugged it right in front (laughs) of them. I think it's that one.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm going to go back and listen to it. The raw milk is Uh, probably on you. I'm sure I'm the one using the expression
0: (laughs) man boobs.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty to keep you busy and listen to out in the garden this time of year. Go have some fun. Follow us on Instagram. Leave us a DM if you have a question that you would like us to answer on next week's episode. And we will be back here with you next Monday. Okay. Fabulous. All right. See you guys then. Cheers. Cheers.